0: Hello, and welcome to New Books Network, the African-American Studies category. Today I have with me Jahari Jubiel, author of Conjuring Freedom, Music and Masculinity in the Civil War's Gospel Army. Hello and welcome, Jahari.
1: Thank you. Thank you. It's good to be here. I'm glad to have you.
0: My first question to you is, what is the seed that birthed this book.
1: Uh, The seed that birthed the book is um, an essay by Thomas Wentworth Higginson called Negro Spirituals that I read as an undergraduate music major. Um, That was the first time I read about the soldiers. And I recalled or retrieved that essay again um, as a graduate student um and i was thinking about questions of music and masculinity those questions had emerged out of my own practice as a musician um before going to graduate school and um entering the academy as a profession profession i was um working in church music i was working as a minister of music and um in the early 90s when Reverend Cleveland died, I was listening closely to much of the popular and cultural logic around black men, gospel music, and masculinity and sexuality, and and I began to read back um, all that I had learned as an undergraduate around spirituals and the genealogy of black sacred music. And so um, at the doctoral level, I was going to do a dissertation that would involve Reverend Cleveland, but I was spending more time thinking about the soldiers, citizenship, race, religion, and um, that is the seed of this book. Wow,
0: that's that's a lot. And that makes sense because it's it's so like when you think of music, don't often think of masculinity or soldiers. Yeah. Right? yeah. But it always definitely the gospel, right? Especially spiritual music. So I um, so that's that was that seems to be a great move. Uh, you said you practice music, right? So how did you move from practicing music into studying music.
1: Well, those two things have never been separate for me. Um I started uh piano lessons when I was eight years old and um and I, I'm I'm very careful to name in the preface of the book or in the prelude mm-hmm. um the black Baptist working class church that I grew up in. And so the lessons came out of that church. I, I took formal lessons um, with an elderly Black woman who was a member of that church. And um, and I continue to work um, as a musician then even in high school. And my high school was very richly endowed with a musical tradition. And so all of the resources in, in the way of intellectual ideas really start um, in that Black working class community in St. Louis. And so um, my formation as a musician um, in college, I, I studied with a teacher and she was very firm about knowing the social, cultural, and historical context for what I was studying to sing. So that's always that's always um, been a part, a kind of organic practice for me as an artist. And it actually is how... My scholarship is shaped and formed and my teaching. Um, So those two things are are always organic for me.
0: It's the music is the true artist because that's what they say about the artist. It is just in your nature, no matter what medium you choose. That's
1: right. That's right.
0: You You practice it, you teach it, you do it.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's the question. I'm sorry I interrupted you, but that's that's actually the question that I brought to bear on the soldiers, right? Because this ring shout and this document by Higginson has been cited by any number of formidable scholars in black cultural studies, black religious studies. Um, But I, I asked as somebody who is a practicing and working musician, I asked a slightly different question about, what is the labor of music for these soldiers, right? Um, That it isn't just the citation of a text, but there is something that it does for them that has impact on black culture, that has impact on black religion, and has impact upon citizenship. And so um, because my practice is organic, I asked a slightly differently nuanced question.
0: What is the labor for the soldiers? Because when you think of soldiers, always thinking of them fighting, right? Yeah. Um, even in the title, when it says "Gospel Army," yeah, immediately, that's, yeah, that's how, that's how
1: that's how they understood themselves. That was in that document. So, um, what I did, Angela, is then I had I had to make a study of Higginson and found that this essay was a part of a larger. A larger biography, autobiography of Higginson's called Army Life in a Black Regiment. And he describes, you know, he describes his life with his regiment. And he says, you know, night after night, these soldiers gather in the ring shout. And he says, they describe themselves as a gospel army. Well, they don't mean modern gospel music, but they mean. To distinguish themselves between just what is the ordinary project of soldiering and militarism they distinguish themselves as a gospel army to proclaim a different gospel of liberation and citizenship liberation for their people black people so um, that is what they mean by a gospel army that they are not they're not invested in the ordinary mundane usual tactics of the Union Army. And they also, by distinguishing themselves as a gospel army, they are also making the distinction between what is the typical project of masculinity, then what is their understanding or vision for a masculinity that is situated in music.
0: And it's amazing because as I was reading through the book and I kept seeing the soldiers and music and masculinity... And the war is helping them with their maleness. You know, I go back to our legacy of slavery and I think mm. about the slave narrative. And the men are writing to prove their maleness, you know, in this um, place where it seems as though and that the black soldier is
1: equivalent to the white soldier. Well, it is both that, right? Because the 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 army is a means by which to prove masculinity. So it is that. But then it is another cosmic project, right? So it is both the traditional path of masculinity, but out of that path comes a divergent masculinity, as I call it in the book. Out of that path comes a tradition of black men in music to which I believe Reverend James Cleveland was a part of, that that music can also offer to black men in particular a kind of disruptive narrative of normativity, that it isn't just a means by which you articulate the masculine norms that are forced on you, but it becomes an alternative way by which to create ideas of masculinity.
0: Yes, I and it's amazing. There's a song that you use in chapter four that just um, I'm a church girl, so you know I I just (laughs) uh, so I understand and from the south as well.
1: Oh, nice.
0: Yeah, exactly. So you know, oh, and and I never would have imagined the song with the soldier. And when I read it, I just thought exactly. It was like, oh, do Lord remember me? Oh yeah, yeah. Yes, and and the repetitiveness of it. Mm Oh, yeah. Lord, Lord, remember me. Yeah. And I'm thinking, exactly. They're fighting. They're fighting for their lives. You know, they're around. And I could hear the shouting. So it was a beautiful song. And then what I love is how you take the remember me and then you reference it. You know, you give it in that grounding in Luke. Like, here's, you know, here's Jesus right here, right? Thief hanging mm-hmm. on the cross. Mm-hmm. And our soldiers, that's what they were doing for us. Yeah. Yeah, I enjoy that very much. um, With well, I
1: try, I try because you know because I am situated in this tradition, I try to hear what they might have heard, and so I, I have a trope in the book that I talk about called listening hermeneutics, and for these black men to perform music. That says, "Remember me, for them to sing that to one another, it has a very affectionate and humanizing effect, and that that is a part of the project of masculinity that I that I try to work with is it is, it is rather risky and I think unfortunate to just see these, so, these black men in the Civil War as tools for black freedom. That we're working as humanity scholars with a different kind of question. That you know, we need not just interpret black masculinity as a means to an end. Um, and so I, I try to think and and listen very deeply about what does it mean for these soldiers to sing this to each other in in the ring shout in a circle, right? That it has a, a, a humanizing labor, a real affect that takes us away from all they're doing, right? And there's nothing else, but all they're doing is simply proving themselves to be black men in white faith, right? Because that's all the project is. And, and I try to, to, to raise something alternative.
0: And you do a great job. You do an excellent job. I'll ask you this. Was there any movie that inspired, touched upon, that we've seen
1: this ring shout. Yeah, you know the the only movie that I've seen, um, and and I find this this scene of that has a ring shout is *Beloved*. Mm. Yeah, I mean that that ring shout. It, it's not it's not as beautiful as she wrote it, but you know what is right. Yeah. Um, but but that's a beautiful scene in that movie with Baby Suggs, you know, on that rock um and um and and you know uh, true to to Morrison's words you know the men are dancing um and um and that again when when I read it I said you know th- there is a performance to this that has a a political and spiritual labor that I think needs to be needs to be reframed in a way um because Higginson says you know they do this every night <laughs> You know, so that's a lot of singing, dancing and shouting. That's a lot. And so um what I also mentioned is that this ritual has a military empowerment. Um that that I think that this is not for them separate from the battlefield. That this is this is the warfare that gives them what they need to be empowered on the battlefield. So whereas someone else might see this as something secular as an aside. I see it as central to how they are making themselves as men and making themselves um, as cultural bearers for the future.
0: I just finished reading a piece and it was talking about um, referencing black women, but black people as a race, we keep rising and we keep teaching and we keep reading because we have to see us as a people and teach us as a people so that our generations will keep going forward.
1: And, you know, there are black women. I I think this is relatively um, an intervention in the way of my work in this book is I really situate black women, Tubman, and um, oh, I'm blanking on her name, Um, but I situate the act, the activity, um, and the contribution of black women in this chapter on black masculinity, for sure. You know, Tubman is an officially registered soldier in this regiment and Susie King Taylor, um, who is, um, the official laundress, but Angela, to your point, she's the teacher in the regiment. She teaches these soldiers how to read,
0: so we're, in other words, we're uh, we're in it, together.
1: Yeah, <laughs> in it yeah, together. yeah, yeah.
0: Now, I definitely uh, when I saw conjuring freedom, and then on, in the introduction you began to explain conjuring,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I thought conjuring and gospel and conjuring, and I immediately think of magic and voodoo mm-hmm.
1: and when I think mm-hmm.
0: of conjuring, mm-hmm. right but somehow let's see you say conjure is the black cultural practice of summing spiritual power as an intentional means of transforming reality and involves a belief in an invisible magical power Mm -hmm. that can be used for healing and or harm. Yeah. Explain this. Tell me a little more about this conjuring with the
1: soldiers. Well, it, it really is just that simple. Um, so part of part of what part of what struck me about researching this regiment in very empirical terms is that these folks come from a variety of geographical places throughout the Georgia Sea Islands, right? So they all bring something unique and individual to it. For example, um, there are soldiers who enlist from the Catholic parish. Um, in on the coast of Florida, well, that parish had a long tradition of African Catholics from the Congo. So, when, for example, one of the songs that I cite in the book is "One More Valiant Soldier," here, so they sing that as a refrain, Angela, and then suddenly they invoke. Um, Mary helped me bear the cross. And I thought, well, what is this reference to Mary? And you could treat it like, oh, it's just another spiritual, but that's only if you don't do the background work on these these soldiers who were part of a Catholic parish. So that is how I craft my argument of conjure is these soldiers enlist from all of these places but the common thing they have is what all of these enslaved Africans would have brought with them, which I describe in the introduction also. And that's this capacity to summon the spirit, to summon the life force, that that is a part of an African past. Um, and it has various technologies, right? It has Vodou, it has Santeria, it has various technologies. But as we know about the enslaved Africans in America is they weren't allowed to rename the gods in those specific and explicit ways of language. But that doesn't mean that they did not conjure the spirit. And the music, of course, is the conduit. So um, that is how I approach Conjure. And I should also say, quite honestly, that that is a question I had as a kid. Um, once I learned that the church I grew up in, that these were black folks from different parts of Tennessee. My folks were from Mississippi. Some folks were from Georgia. I was struck by, well, how do you all make one choir <laughs> with all of this background? And it's that they agree on the work of the spirit. So that is that is how I craft my argument about conjure. I um, mean, I know conjure, you know, has a colonial negative word or, or, or kind of effect, but that is the point is to reclaim it. Right. Yeah. Um, reclaim it. If, if Kendrick Lamar is at a rally and everybody's singing, we're going to be all right. That is that is the labor of conjure.
0: And that, and that was the beauty. That's why when I read it, I said it's probably simpler than what I'm thinking because I'm like you said, I'm using this stereotypical thing of conjure, and you have made it very clear, you know. And and I like the way you've taken all the different religions, like you say, mm-hmm. bring them together because they're men in the army fighting for one thing, yeah. And yeah. together they come together for freedom, yeah. Because that's the that's the end goal. Um, yep. With a ring shout, and ring shout is beautiful. That's just another beautiful term. So I'm gonna ask you this final question because it just feels like if I was sitting in your classroom, um, I'd wonder what was going to happen because you say you frame right your courses around mm-hmm. music. If the class is, I'm going to say, your very basic African American study, um, African American Studies class.
1: Yeah, which I, I, I love to teach. I'm, this semester I'm teaching Introduction to African American Studies, okay. and and I'm teaching another course that I, I offer frequently um, on Af- African American religious history.
0: Yes, I saw that.
1: Yeah. How do
0: you? What do you do? What do you? How do you frame? How do you bring music in? Is your classroom filled with music? Do you have them reading spirituals?
1: Yeah, I do. Um, I, well, you know, I mean, part of my background as a, as a musician, as a musical artist, is a choral man. And so um, the the premise for any of these classes is to, to get students to use their own voices in the process of learning. Um, and, of course, the voice in, in this academic um, environment has has a kind of metaphorical quality because, you know, in order to get, I have a background in getting children to sing, right, to get them to invest in learning a piece of music. Well, I apply the same principles um, in in the classroom is getting students to participate because that's what singing is about. It's about collective participation. Well, that is precisely what the Project of the Soldiers is about, if you think about it. It is about collective participation. So they don't argue, and you know, Baldwin will say this in trying to think about the human project of citizenship in the 60s. He says, you know, whatever couples argue about, they don't argue about color, right? So we don't argue about the fancy nature of somebody's ideas, the goal is to get everybody participating in the project of the semester, right? So, um, so in that sense, it is a it is a musical principle that I that I deploy. But I also use music. I mean, I play musical clips a lot. Um, just as we're starting, if I can find something that really will work, right, to be provocative and to be a kind of invocation, I'll use it. Um, I use a lot of Sweet Honey in the Rock. Um, so I do use music in those ways. And I use musical concepts such as dissonance, right? Um, because just because it's a black studies course, you know, all black people don't agree on the same method to the same problem. So there is difference. There is dissonance. Um, there is in, in my intro to black studies course, there is a section I do on black feminism and, and, excuse me and black queer voices. And and wow. I don't know what's happening, but anyway. Um but um but that is to you know that is to be sure that we're always thinking about the various ways that blackness is constructed and that we don't We don't expect there to be this one singular narrative in the study of black life, um, because it certainly doesn't play itself out in that way. So. So, yeah, I use concepts of of music and I use um, I use pedagogical approaches in getting um, getting students invested by using their voice, using their opinion in the process.
0: I love this. Idea of music, and it's not a music course. That's what is so awesome about. No, not, not this music.
1: semester. Exactly. I, I do this... teach this course on black music.
0: Exactly <laughs> right. So I, you know, imagine walking into my introduction to African American studies class and hearing about music. Although it's not about me mu- it's not a music class. And the fact that you bring to the table that there's no one singular na- narrative. Yeah,
1: that. and and I I just should add this one thing um, that music in in the study of black life and history, um, and that's politics, whatever, music is a critical epistemology. Um, so even, you know, what, whatever my feelings are about a particular genre, it's important at the moment that, that I'm teaching. So it's a really, I mean, if you think of these soldiers, music helps them become one. So it's a way of knowing. Um, that is crucial to the project.
0: Thank you. This was enjoyable.
1: Yeah, um, thank you.
0: Yeah, it was definitely enjoyable. Um, I'm hoping I can pull out a piece of it when I begin to teach. Uh, uh, I just teach auto- I craft my introduction classes into autobiography because I'm very much into autobiography. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I love the pieces that you bring into the book and and the the soldiers from a very different standpoint and war. So as we wrap up and we wait for your, can I ask if you working on something else? you got a second book going on
1: there. Um, yeah, I, I, um, I'm working on two things um, that are a part of this work. One is I'm, I'm working on an essay on Reverend James Cleveland, who was considered the king of gospel music. I'm working on his um, early 1960s release of Peace Be Still. Um and talking about the song um the way the song sounds, which is not peaceful, but he's talking about peace be still at the height of the civil rights era, and just talking about the paradox of peace in in the american empire so so that's one piece but i'm also continuing this work on the military black men and black music and i'm looking at the two wars in the 20th century and talking about the ways in which with both of these wars there are premier black music ensembles that emerge so um so this tradition of black masculinity and black music continues in the 20th century. So those are the two things that I can say I'm working on. When your
0: next book comes out, make sure you give me a shout.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. and this thank again. you. This is, this is very generous of you to to host this yeah, um, and I'm, give the book some exposure. I appreciate it.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. The, uh, the New Books Network has a section where they get books received and you get to go in and look. And mm. I was like, uh, send me that book. You know, I was like, <laughs> I want that book right oh, there. Oh, so. nice. Nice. It was nice that it was there that I didn't have to wait for it. But I was like that book. I want to. I really want to understand it. It, it. The title grabbed me. I hope our listeners will pick this book up because as much as you think it's very academic, it's very useful. It's mm. very enjoyable. The music in the book. The I mean, it's for man and woman, but so much for our black men. You mm. know, mm-hmm. so much interesting for that. So we thank you for your time and your effort. And I wish you the best in all you. that you do that comes thank up. And I, and I thank you for joining us at New Books Network.
1: Thank you very much.